Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. This is your host, Jared Program, joined by Corey Geiger. Corey, Penn State is now 4-0. They took down Villanova rather easily today, uh, on Saturday, I should say. What did you see from Penn State? Good, bad, ugly, what have you? All right, uh, this was a disappointing game. We, I want everybody to know we're recording this at 3.53 on Saturday. We literally just finished James Franklin's post-game press conference, which lasted about 12 minutes. And he spent seven minutes of that defending and answering questions about things that went wrong today. So Penn State beats Villanova 38-17, to but did not run the ball well at all. Sean Clifford threw for 401 yards, and yet James Franklin fielded five different questions about the running game. Because I think, Jared, we need to understand, and Penn State fans do understand this, that regardless of Villanova, you need to come out and work on some things. You've got to get prepared for the Big Ten. I thought they took a step back today. In fact, I think one of the questions we need to start asking is, is Penn State overrated? Now, look, I'm not, I'm not overreacting to one somewhat mediocre performance against an FCS team. What I'm telling you is this team can't run the ball. And if you can't run the ball, Sean Clifford's not going to throw for 400 yards against Iowa. So we can, we can be realistic in sports about how this is a win, Jared, but James Franklin just spent seven minutes talking about how his team didn't practice well this week, that they weren't ready to play as well today as they typically are, that they overlooked this team. And can that be expected after a win over Auburn? Sure. But those aren't generally the kinds of things that James Franklin has to talk about. No, right, and I think the biggest thing, I mean, we talked about this at length multiple times, the running game was supposed to be a point of strength. Uh, a group of strength coming into the season, and it just hasn't been. It hasn't developed. Yeah. And you have Noah Kane, who was a starting running back last year, Kevon Lee, who was a starting running back last year, and Kaziah Holmes has been relegated to the development team and the, the scout team. And then you've got Devin Ford in there as well. And and, and the best running back is the guy they got from uh, from Baylor and John Lovett. And and that's that's not good. The interior of the offensive line has been unable to block much of anything this year uh, in the run game. Though passing protection has been pretty good uh, most. Wasn't most. today. Right. So where does Penn State need to go from here? Okay, we can talk running backs all we want. Who's better? And I do think that's a good question. We're going to spend a lot of time over that. Noah Kane, Kevon Lee, John. We can talk about who's better. But the offensive line isn't any good run blocking. That's the bottom line. The offensive line stinks run blocking. So you can put Barry Sanders back there. If, if he's getting met, 
in the backfield. This happened with Saquon Barkley in 2017. Saquon Barkley is the most talented guy they've had here, you know, in 20 years, at least since LeVar Arrington. He was getting hit in the backfield all the time in 2017. Didn't have a thousand yards rushing because the offensive line wasn't any good at run blocking. I think this offensive line is really poor at run blocking, Jared, really poor. Now, they had been good at pass blocking coming into today, but Sean Clifford got hit several times. Folks, this may sound disrespectful to Villanova, and I don't care. This is an FCS team. Georgia beat Vanderbilt today. At least it was 62 to nothing toward the end of the game. This is not the kind of game that you come out and you fart around with a team and it's 38-17, and if that fumble at the end would have counted, it would have been 38-24 because that's what can cost you in the polls because people who don't watch the game see that you struggled with an FCS team. Now, this game was never in doubt, but this was a practice game. Jared, you're a football coach. You want your, you want your guys to show up every game, regardless of the opponent, and play to their best of, the, uh, of their ability. Penn State did not do that today. It wasn't even close. No, and, and there's a lot of room for improvement, which is both a blessing and a curse for Penn State. I mean, we talk about it all the time. How, you know, practice, if you practice the way you play, more often than not, things are, are going to go that way. And when that happened today, obviously, you saw it, what James Franklin said after the game. He mentioned practice was awful this week, and Penn State came out and, and didn't play their best game. Sean Clifford is putting up great numbers, it, let's, but at the same time, everything else has got to mesh. We're talking about this like they lost, and they didn't lose. Let's keep perspective, and I'll take a step back myself off the ledge. They did win, okay? But we're here to be honest. Again, James Franklin just spent seven minutes talking about things that they, they need to work on, and we have to realize the opponent. They did win. Sean Clifford became the second quarterback ever at Penn State to throw for more than 400 yards in a game. Christian Ackenberg threw for 454 against Ireland, against USC, uh, UCF in Ireland. I was at that game. I remember, remember it well. Uh, but this is only the second time a quarterback's ever thrown for more than 400. And the, the pass was there. The deep ball was there. The reason we're spending so much time, the reason my story on DK Pittsburgh Sports is about the running game and not the win is because you've got the Big Ten starting now. And you've got, going, you've got to go to Iowa in two weeks. If you can't run the ball, they are not going to beat Iowa because you're not going – Sean Clifford's not going to have 12 seconds to throw the ball like he did against Auburn. Iowa's going to get after him. They're going to get after the running game. And we could talk about this number six ranking. And Greg McElroy makes everybody pissed when he says that they'd be the sixth best team in the SEC. They just beat an FCS team by 21 points. They should have won by 50. So there, there are issues that this team has to figure out. Yeah, and you know, and it all starts up front, and, and that's been Penn State's mo for years is is developing the run game and developing the, the offensive line. And, yes, and now they finally have the talent. It's just putting it into the uh, into play. You and, think you seem to think Kevon Lee is the best running back, and I think there are probably fans out there that would agree with that, right? I think Kevon Lee is the best back that they've got right now. Uh, but I think John Lovett is, is very, very close to closing in on it because now we're starting to see extended plays from John Lovett. Now, Noah Kane was banged up. He yeah. didn't practice much this week, um, was dinged up against Auburn. So that's a factor as well. He only got one series, I believe, uh, on Saturday afternoon. But, you know, it's big. You have to establish a run. And Kevon Lee, I think, gives them the best opportunity. Although, Lovett's looked pretty good, yeah. too. The, I, look, I like those three backs. Uh, we can split hairs. I, I still remember what Noah Kane did a couple years ago against Iowa and Purdue. But what I'm saying is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you've got back there, uh, be it Kevon Lee or Noah Kane or John Lovett. Uh, I mean, if the line and, – and look – 
some of this is above my pay grade. Mike Yersich gets a million and a half bucks to scheme run games. I think they're just they're just running right in the middle of the line, Jared. Uh, maybe there are some schematic issues that uh, this program is going to have to figure out. When you are, I grew up watching Dan Marino. All right, you know what Dan Marino never had his whole career with the Dolphins a good running game. Well, maybe when you just love to pass the ball all the time, you don't work as much on the run game. Mike Yersich has a pass-happy offensive system, all right? When you are a guy that you want to take a bunch of 50-yard shots down the field and you want to have your explosive plays, Jared, in practice, how much do you think on their work, they're working on scheming running plays? It does go hand-in-hand. Hand. You can't be awesome at one thing and then expect to spend as much time on something else. So, look, I, I just wonder with what we're seeing, when you're even when they're putting a heavy package in there with a couple tight ends, they're still getting – stuffed at the line of scrimmage here. That's a big problem. Yeah, and I think as far as practice goes, it's hard for us to tell because obviously we're not at practice every day. I would imagine that, that they're running some inside run, outside run periods um, against the defensive front. Now, the defensive front that they're running against is not going to be the type of play that they're going to get from an Iowa or an Auburn or things of that nature. But to say that they're probably not working on it, maybe their team period is a little different. Yeah. But schematically – I mean, you have to go out and execute. We talk about this all the time. It doesn't matter. Again, who's back there, they have to be out. Up front has to be able to execute, and they just have not done that through four games. How about the next segment? We'll talk about some positive things. But I'm going to end this segment and say this was an unimpressive performance. I'm not going to pull any punches. I, I don't think that we saw a tremendously good Penn State team. We didn't see the number six team in the country today. And the good news for Penn State moving forward is they're 4 0 through the non conference. Mm-hmm. Well, three of the non-conference games, uh, one conference game. They're 4-0 through the first part of the season, and there's still room for improvement. And we'll talk about what they improved on this week here when we come back from this quick break on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Welcome back to the We Are Podcast and the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Corey, it's for as, you know, eh, as this game really was, because I think that's a pretty good eh, description of how Penn State played. Um, Sean Clifford is playing his best football of his career right now. Yeah, Sean, I, I got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, 401 yards passing. They hit some really deep balls, which you want to see. I think the key to this offense, I just don't think this offense with the running game is going to be able to sustain 12 and 13 play drives down the field. But they can hit you from 40, 50, 60 yards at any time, and that is the benefit of this offense. And Sean Clifford is throwing a good deep ball. They've got the guys that can catch him. Got uh, 401 yards passing, Jared. That is that's impressive. And he had 398 against uh, Maryland a couple years ago. So Sean Clifford is capable of these kinds of days. Uh, and if he has time, and they, look, he, he they, the, the the offensive line struggled a little bit more in pass protection today. But when he has time, he's got weapons in Jahan Dotson, Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert Smith. We didn't see a lot of the tight ends today. But there are weapons on this offense, and if he's playing like this for the rest of the season, Penn State's going to have a chance to win every game. We mentioned coming into the season that the running backs were good. The wide receivers were even better. And the big question mark on offense was Sean Clifford. So far, one of those things was true. The wide receivers. Parker Washington had a breakout game today. Uh, incredible performance with some great catches. Jahan Dodson is Jahan Dodson. He's as advertised. He's I think he's improved on his game from last year, which is 
really hard to do. Uh, and Keandre Lambert-Smith keeps stepping into that uh, into that supporting cast role uh, with those two ahead of him. But running backs, we talked about in the first segment, they're nowhere where they need to be. And I don't know that that's necessarily all their fault. I do think a lot of that stems from up front. But Sean Clifford, he's more of an exclamation point right now than than a question mark. Yeah, hey, look, I mean, I, I, I'm I impressed by the guy. He had a tough year last year, Jared, get, getting benched. He had to answer the questions throughout the whole offseason. And he has come out and proven people wrong, that he can do the – and that is, that's exactly what you want to see from a competitor. And, and Sean Clifford – look, there are two reasons why this team has a chance to win. The defense is number one, and Sean Clifford is number two. And they do go hand in hand. This defense we'll talk about here more in just a minute. But Sean Clifford staying in the pocket, which, again, is key. He's got to be in the pocket. He can run, and he can get you some yards because he is a good runner. But you just can't risk, with the meat of the schedule coming up, him getting hurt. But he gives you a chance because they can score from anywhere on the field, and that is extremely important. And, and again, I, I just I, I have a lot of respect for the guy for coming in and, and really uh, a lot of detractors coming into this year, and he's making everybody be quiet. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this at length both on your radio show, on this podcast, throughout things on the site, and he's answered all of those questions. And if not, I think answered them, he's answered them with a big statement. Yes. And, and that's – excellent moving forward i mean this offense to borrow a baseball term is a home home run threat yes every play i mean there were what four four splash plays today uh for for more than 20 or 30 yards this is uh I, since we can do the baseball stuff jerry and i both love baseball this is your kind of your natural outcome offense it's either a home run a strikeout or a walk i mean because there's there's not a lot in between there's not a lot of eight to 12 yard plays here there's a lot of one to three yard plays or negative plays and then 40 yard plays and so you know I'd like to see some more consistency with uh with you know moving some chains I like I like offenses that can come down and and eat the ball for five minutes and and go 83 yards in in 14 plays but that's not really what this offense and and that's not a surprise that's what we knew this Mike Yersich offense would be yeah and they're putting up some serious statistics I mean obviously Clifford's over 400 yards he's the best thing I think for Clifford right now is he's making great decisions. He's not pressing. He's not. He's letting the game come to him, not trying to make the game happen. Yes, right. And when that happens, you know you're seeing the you're seeing it come to fruition. And the other part is the defense. We got to give the defense credit. Now there, there wasn't much of a challenge today with Villanova. Uh, yeah, Villanova scored a couple late touchdowns against deep reserves. But the starting deep, this defense uh, is really good. And I, I, that that's if they continue to play to this level and they keep everybody healthy. Uh, the line has played much better than I thought they would. The linebackers, the secondary, we knew would be awesome. So this defense is going to give Penn State a chance to beat pretty much anybody that's on the schedule. Yeah, the defense is av- as advertised. I think they're up front. They're really good. Um, Arnold Abichetti, a transfer, uh, has has played incredible football for them so far. P.J. Mustafer has been uh, been very good. And I think the best defender right now is Jesse Lucetta. He's having a, an incredible year, both lining up as a defensive end and a linebacker. And, and to do that and be able to be that athletic and that, you know, flexible, I think, speaks volumes to what Brent Pry's done with this defense. Yeah, I'm looking to see how they do against another physical offense, which Indiana's not really going to be that, but Iowa will be in a couple weeks. Look, I, I, I hate to beat around the bush. This season, really, I mean, look, Indiana's going to be tough. Indiana could come in here and win. I don't think they will. I think Penn State's going to have a lot of revenge on, on their minds. But this season really gets underway, I think, against Iowa. And, and we're, we're going to find out. We can talk all we want. Well, the running game's going to have to do this or this or this or this. Well, hey, if they keep winning, style points don't really matter if you're winning. 
our concern is, is this going to work against Iowa? Is it going to work against Ohio State? Uh, and, and that's why, man, I, I just can't wait for these next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an exciting period of football um, for for college for college football in general, but for the Big Ten. I mean, all eyes are going to be at Kinnick Stadium here in two weeks. Um, Penn State with another primetime game against Indiana. You mentioned revenge, and I think we're going to talk a little bit more about Indiana and what's to come in the third segment. But you... Maybe they are looking a little bit forward. James Franklin mentioned maybe not being complacent, but maybe thinking a little bit ahead to that conference slate. Let's save a little bit of that for our, for our next segment because I do have some thoughts and a lot of factors on that, but I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I, I think Penn State's going to show up really big next week against Indiana. And with that, we're going to see you after this break. For Corey Geiger and Jared Progar, this has been the second segment of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. We'll catch you in a few. Welcome back to the final segment of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm Jared Progar. He is Corey Geiger. Corey, you just mentioned me hitting the nail on the head. I'm not a construction guy. What did you mean by that at the end of the second segment? Well, I've thought really all along Penn State was going to take it to Indiana next week because I think they got screwed last year on that two-point conversion call. You and I were in Bloomington. I've seen the replay a hundred times. I don't think that he scored. I think the ball went out of bounds, and that had a huge impact on that Penn State team. So I've thought all along that they would come out. They had that Indiana game circled. But let's look back to today. James just said this was a bad week of practice. He said that the guy's focus wasn't fully there. All right, That's a perfect opportunity for James Franklin and the coaches to really light a fire under these guys this week. So if you're Indiana, you didn't want to see Penn State come out and struggle a little bit today. I think this I think today was the worst case scenario for Indiana because I think Penn State is going they're going to get their butts kicked in practice this week and they're going to realize they can't take any and so you couple that with the fact that they've got the revenge factor on Indiana as well. I we'll see, but I I can see next week being Penn State really taking it to the Hoosiers. And let's be real, against Villanova, this is nothing against the fighting Doug West, but let's let's be real. You can come out and play and eh. Do you think Unless people it, in Pittsburgh know who Doug West is? I hope they, they do because you're wearing your Altoona hat as always. Doug West is an Altoona legend, played basketball for Villanova and then the NBA. I just feel like I needed to explain that just in case Listen, people have no idea who Doug the, West the real, is. My real, my real listeners should know who Doug West that's is. That's right. That's right. Um, but, but, again, you can come out and you can play less than stellar game on offense and just kind of go through the motions and really see what's going to work and, and try some things out. See, see some gadget plays. I mean, we saw the Warren cat. I'm going to call it the Warren cat because yeah. Tyler Warren scored a running touch, touchdown. Um, when you split Sean Clifford out and you don't have a, a running back in the backfield or, or a quarterback even, and you motion a couple guys there, I think Brenton Strange was in there as well, then Warren gets the ball, goes up the middle. This is the place to do it. I mean, that's a play that they've run multiple times this season. But this is the time to yeah. see, hey, listen, what's going to work? Can this work? Can we – how are we going to run this? And really just kind of fine-tune the offense because, again, like I mentioned before, we haven't seen the best Penn State offense yet. We have not hit the bulk of the conference schedule. Yeah, I like them trying different things. I like the Warren the Warren Cat. That's good. You should you should copyright that. we we got to get that in the headline or something so people will start to, start to use that. That's pretty good. But uh, I, I think they've used – 
this portion of the schedule the way you should. You, you got the win over Indi- over uh, Wisconsin, which was huge. That's a conference game, and then they've been able to work on things against Ball State and Villanova. Did did it all, did it work out all that great today with the running game? No, but they at least got. They, they're working on it. They're, they understand where you know some of the areas that they've got to improve on, and that's what the non-conference schedule is for. Right, and, and the way that the Penn State schedule has worked out, obviously you, have, you start with a conference game, which is difficult. You're at Camp Randall. You handle Wisconsin. Then you come back. You've got Ball State. Boom. Now, which sets you up for Auburn. Auburn, and then leads into Villanova. So you're good team, bad team, good team, bad mm-hmm. team. You're up and down. Now you're now it's conference time. And this is, you know, again, it's a revenge game, I think, personally. Like you said, we were both in Bloomington last year. That game was just so bizarre and changed the complexity of Penn State's entire season. Now it's their time to get their revenge. And, and James Franklin, I think his, his point in comments after the game, he's trying to wake his team up. Yeah. Whether they had a great week of practice or not. They're going to have out. a great week of practice this week, I'll guarantee you, because that, that's these are high-character kids in this right. program, and, and they don't take teams lightly. The one and no mentality can sound silly sometimes, but it does work. They don't, they don't generally take these kinds of teams lightly, which is a little surprising that they kind of did today. Yeah, exactly. And, and whether, he, whether they did or not, now is the time to motivate this team because, number one, style points in the Big Ten play are going to matter a lot more than style points against an FCS team, too. Yeah. All right, so the, the, that's an interesting uh, segue because Greg McRoy from ESPN, the SEC Network, said this week that Penn State would be fourth in the SEC West, third in the SEC. So he basically says they're the sixth best team uh, in the SEC, which really uh, riled up a lot of folks. So if we think about that, now look, I think that's Greg McRoy trolling uh, Penn State fans because you have Penn State being the number six team in the country, and he comes out and says they're the sixth best team in the SEC. It is good fodder for discussion. So look, I think Penn State has earned its number six ranking with with the two good wins and then, you know, uh, being undefeated. I have no problem with the ranking. Are they the sixth best team in the country? Okay. That's where I have some issues. Rankings versus where you truly belong, I think, is a good discussion. I don't think they're the sixth best team in the SEC. I think they'd be better than that. But uh, I, I, it is fun to talk about these things. That's what po- people say polls don't matter and rankings don't matter. But when an analyst like Greg McElroy says that kind of thing, Jared, it sure does get a lot of people fired up talking about it. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of this, a lot of talk anymore is just to, just, just to gauge interest, just to gauge comments and get people to come and view what you have to say. Sure. I mean, you can't sit here and tell me that, let's say, Penn State is better than Kentucky or, or isn't better than Kentucky or, or Tennessee. I think he they said, are. Well, he said, it was, he said Alabama, uh, Ole Miss, I don't know about that, A&M, and then Georgia and Florida. So, yes, I do think Alabama Georgia are better than them. Uh, Ole Miss, no. A&M, I don't know. Florida, I, don't, I mean, I can, I can theoretically put Penn State third in the SEC. But that's where the style point. Do you think if, do you think if any of those SEC teams are playing Villanova, that it would have been a, a ruling on a fumble at the end of the game to make it a 14-point game, Jared. Those teams would have beaten this Villanova team by 50 or 60. No, absolutely. Now, you know, there are only, what, one, two, looking at the standings here, as of recording this about 4 o'clock uh, on Saturday afternoon, there are only four teams in the SEC that have SEC wins, and Penn State's got an SEC win. But you're right. Good. You're absolutely right. You come out and you you just kind of you're just kind of there. But you know, James Franklin isn't known for running it up. He's not 
known for that. And listen, that, they only played three quarters. They today. did get. You're right. They did get people in. Take one Roberson played the the third, fourth string defensive guys played. That's what Villanova scored against. But again, the rest of the country will look and see 38 to 17. And the, and if this would have been 38 24, that would have cost them votes in the top 25. I guarantee you, because that's just the way things work. Right, and, and looking back, it was 38-3 to three when the subs yep. started coming yep. in. Now, that's the fourth quarter was the development time. And that was another comment that James Franklin mentioned. He's like, when they come in, they have to uphold that's right. the standard that's of Penn right. State football. And the reserves did not do that This today. was one of, the, I think, the best press conferences that James Franklin's had in quite some time. In a post-game, especially after a win. He gets right. mad, and he'll, see, he'll be pretty honest after losses. And that's why it was so weird that... He spent seven or eight minutes, and you would have thought with his answers that maybe this would have been after a loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Penn State, listen, the, the best thing going for Penn State is they are 4-0 going into the now the bulk and the entirety of the conference schedule, and they haven't played their best game yet. They've still yet to play a complete yeah, game of football. I agree with that. I mean, they haven't played complementary offensively. I mean, you still have to establish the run. Pass game's there, and I think it's going to be there. Will it be 400 yards and however many touchdowns? Maybe not every game, but it, they're going to put up a bulk of yards. But the Penn State defense, as advertised, if they can just get that running game going and they can play a complete game, which they're going to need to do against yeah. Iowa, then – this team could be special. Yeah, it could be, and that's why if you're if you're deep this deep into the podcast with us, you may have started well like, well, why is Geiger criticizing him so much to start this? Because the expectations have changed. When you have expectations now of thinking you could get to the college football playoff, you can't come out and have 18 rushing yards in your first 17 carries against Villanova. That cannot happen. So those are the things. This is a great learning experience for Penn State. I do think you can learn a lot after wins because you get to enjoy the win. James Franklin even said he doesn't want to go into the locker room after a win and be all emotional and have, have his kids feel like they had lost a game. And so I do think there are a lot of learning learning and coaching moments in a game like this. That's why I said earlier, I think Indiana is going to be in for maybe a world of hurt next week because I think I think this game is actually going to wake up the Penn State team. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think that's exactly what James Franklin was trying to get at yep. in his comments because listen, he mentioned in in his post game speech and post game comments, he he thought they were feeding in too much to that ranking. Yeah, but when you're in the number six, getting patted the country, on the back, he said we were enjoying getting patted on the back and reading articles and things. And, and who doesn't love yeah. that kind of that kind of talk? You know, it, it's nice to get patted on the back every once in a while. So as I pat Corey on the back. Um, Penn State is is hungry now. That now they've got Indiana, they've got blood in their eyes. They, they're seeing red. Now's the time to play like a number six ranked team in the yeah, country, right? Right. Because listen, I don't think the polls are going to change very much. This no, week. not this week. And nor should they, because there really isn't that great of a game. We were talking about that before uh, before the game. I think the most interesting game t- today. Uh, on Saturday is West Virginia and Oklahoma. I think that's the most intriguing game to me. Um, but now you got when you have these lofty rankings, you got to back them up, and and if you don't go out and back it up every week, then you're in a world of hurt. Yeah, I, I will say that uh, I look for a good performance next week, Jared, uh, in, in a win over Indiana. We'll keep talking about Iowa and Iowa. Hopefully, they're not look overlooking Indiana, but uh, I, I I think I think this will wait, be a wake up call for the team. And as they start to cut the grass post game uh, from Beaver Stadium, this has been Corey Geiger. I'm Jared Pergard. Thank you as always listening to the We Are podcast on the Pen or the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network.